Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone, this is Camille from sunny California, and you're listening to the Coffee Chat with Camille show, which is the podcast series that interviews various guests about real-life topics for people who love to learn. Hi everyone, today's Thursday, September 7th, and we have a great topic and guest to talk, to share. I have a great guest to share with you. Drawing is not art. It can help you learn with Ashton Rottenheiser. A little bit about Ashton. Ashton Rottenheiser is passionate about lifting the creative spirit in everyone that she meets. For the past seven years, she has followed her passion for helping people communicate their ideas and combine that with creativity by founding Minds Eye Creative Consulting. She's worked with diverse groups from nonprofits to Fortune 500 companies. It may appear as if she's the silent illustrator in the room. In fact, she's helping to break down complex concepts and notions into an easily understandable visual language, helping others retain more information while inspiring people to continue practicing her techniques in the world. Over the years, she has brought close to a thousand presentations and conversations to life either on paper or digitally. When she's not working with clients, she's being silly with her three young young kids and husband in rural Canada. Okay, and then um, she did leave you all a link. It is uh, mindseyecreative.ca. Okay, and now we are going to welcome our wonderful guest into the studio, Ashton, yes? Hey. Hi, hey welcome. It's so nice to be here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're so welcome. What a pleasure. I'm going to go ahead and get into the interview because we have about 10 questions to get through so that um, the audience and listener can get to know you a lot better. Okay. So how did you get started in your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, so I I never really set out to be an entrepreneur. It wasn't something that I even really thought about was possible for myself. But when I learned about um, visual communication, like what I'm doing now, you're kind of defaulted into starting a business because no companies are really hiring part-time or full-time live illustrators. So um, I just sort of was kind of forced into it. And luckily for me, really, it really spoke to me being an entrepreneur and, and yeah, it just sort of worked out kind of perfectly in that sense. Excellent. And then what is graphic recording? 
Yeah, so there's a couple, you know, it's like all industries. There's a couple words for lots of different things, and they mean the same thing. So when I am at a conference, let's say, and there's a speaker in the front of the room, I am live illustrating what they're saying or graphic recording what they're saying in real time. And then by the time they're done, I'm pretty much done. So you can imagine how fast I have to write and draw these pictures. And then I have this visual representation. So, you know, when people are hearing what the speaker is saying, they're listening with their ears, they can see them on the stage, and then they can glance over at me. Um, or if I'm in a Zoom call, for example, they can glance over on their screen and they can see what the speaker just said now in a picture form in words. And um, when I do that, I can do that in conferences, like I said, that's called like graphic recording or live illustration. But I also do it in like other settings where there is multiple voices. So if you imagine like a strategic planning session or some sort of like internal brainstorming at a company, many people have something to say. So that's what we call graphic facilitation because most of the time that is a facilitated process. So I'm a little bit more involved in that process usually. Rather, when I'm at a conference, I'm more of a fly on the wall. But in the facilitated sessions, um, I take on a little bit more of an active role because I get to connect with people individually and as a group to make sure that all the voices in the room feel heard and feel like they are a part of whatever that vision is that they're trying to, to work towards. Oh, that's magnificent. And then what is sketchnoting? Yeah, so just another term, of course, for all these things. So sketchnoting is a term um, that is used more so for personal note-taking. So you can take what I do as a professional live illustrator, a professional graphic facilitator, take the same skill set but just boil it down to more personalized note-taking. So someone who might want to try sketchnoting is, you know, like a student or somebody that attends a lot of meetings or conferences for themselves, and they want to help themselves learn and engage with that information. They can stay focused and they can remember it longer. And yeah, it's a lot of the same sort of uh, essential drawing skills that I use as a professional, uh, just sort of distilled down for personal note taking. So you know, some people don't want to necessarily be the professional in the room like myself, um, but want to also experience the benefit of what this visual note-taking can look like. So um, sketch noting as a term was coined by a man named Mike Rohde back in 2006, and uh, it's kind of just taken on a bit of a life of its own since then. Okay, thank you so much. And then how can people get started with sketchnoting or visual note-taking? Yeah, so sometimes when people see what I do as a professional, they get very intimidated. So I, and a lot of the work out there is like people like myself that have been doing it for a very long time. So one thing that I really wanted to try to do was to get this skill set in people's hands so they can do this for themselves in a very like non-threatening, low barrier kind of way. So that led me to write a book that I published just a few months ago called The Beginner's Guide to Sketchnoting. And through that process, I um, really wanted to walk through people even if they don't have any drawing skills at all or they're coming back to it after a really long time and honoring that people often feel very nervous 
to put pen to paper in this way be because they feel like, you know, oh, I can't draw, I can't even draw a straight line, I can't even draw a dick person. And a lot of us have a lot of baggage around their creativity being squashed at some point in their life, and often that's in childhood. Um, so when I teach sketch noting to people, I always like, you know, think of that in the back of my mind that these might be like a lot of folks, you know, come with that kind of thought process. So honestly, when I start teaching people how to do it, we start with something as simple as just drawing some lines and then we take that line and we turn it into an arrow and then we turn and then we draw a box. And so I'm like building upon just very simple shapes um, that people can use when they're capturing information. So one of the things that I like to, to suggest to people if this is something that you want to try out is ditch your lined paper, get a notebook or a sketchbook that has plain paper or just grab some white pieces of paper. And whatever you have to draw with is fine. You don't need anything, any like fancy markers or anything. Or if you want to do it on an iPad, you can get um, free or very low cost drawing apps. And just start capturing information um, in a landscape or a horizontal fashion. And when you're capturing words, think about putting them in an imaginary box. So instead of like long lines across pages like we would do for line paper, start like chunking out some of your information. And then just start adding in lines and arrows and little tiny icons and shapes that can help you connect that information um, to another. So it doesn't have to be rocket science. And at the beginning, I always tell people, you know, content is still king. So you're still going to want to capture a lot of words. And if this is makes you a bit nervous to try, just start with like 98% words, 2% drawing, right? If you don't have to all mm -hmm. of a sudden draw everything out. Um, so just like a slow progression is something to to be mindful to, to not overwhelm yourself. Okay, thank you. That's excellent, excellent. What are the benefits behind visually capturing information and or doodling? Yeah, so one of my favorite stats, I'm not like a super brain science person, but I will talk about what I know. But one of my favorite stats uh, is actually about doodling, and it's that you can remember up to 29% more information just by doodling. So if you were ever in a classroom, especially when you were a child and you were doodling your notebook like a lot of us did, um, you might have gotten in trouble for it. But actually, in fact, you shouldn't have gotten in trouble. You should have been praised to do that because uh, it's doing the opposite of what you think a lot of people think doodling is disrespectful. It means you're not paying attention, but it's actually a modality to help you stay focused on the information. So, so doodling as just like a fun thing to do to help you when you're in a meeting is at its like basic core is really great. And the way that I look at sketchnoting is just taking those doodles and making them a little bit more purposeful with the information that you're also listening to. Um, but the way that our brains process information, we want to like engage as many parts of it as possible so that you'll have a higher chance of remembering that information. Um, also, we live in an instant gratification world. So having an image that you can look back on and review it in like 30 seconds or less 
um, is really helpful from a memory retention perspective too because a lot of times we take you know pages and pages of notes but then we never go back and look at them ever again or there's no hierarchy to them we don't know what was the most important thing that we were supposed to remember we don't know what those key messages were but in sketch noting we kind of give ourselves permission to not capture absolutely everything and really really focus on what the person is saying or what people are saying in the room to capture it in a way that we're getting like the core essence of what's happening um, because we just can't remember everything. It's, it's just impossible, right? So, and then, you know, there is science to back up, you know, going back to putting pen to paper is really helpful for, um, you know, engaging our sense, uh, you know, our senses in, in capturing. Um, you know, we don't remember as much when we are typing out our notes, for example. So. Just a few things to take into consideration there. Thank you. Thank you again. What do you contribute your success to? Um, well, I contribute my success as a business owner as um, thinking a lot about my thinking, um, to be honest with you. Um, I think, I think <laughs> that... <laughs> The way that I have spent taking time and learning about not just how I can help people think and listen in my professional, like as my profession, like I basically feel like I'm a professional listener and a professional thinker on top top of being a professional graphic recorder because those are such essential elements to the process is the listening and thinking but a lot of my success, I would say, is like a lot of that listening and thinking from myself. So I had to work really hard to try to rewire my brain that I be- that basically that I could believe in myself because this is such a um, a niche, interesting kind of business and consultant practice that you know there's an education element for people, right? I have to explain to people why they should invest and why it's worth investing in this type of service. It's not like, oh, you know, I know I need a website or I know I need a photographer. I'll just hire people to do those things. So I had to really work on myself to believe in the work and believe in what I am providing to people is highly valuable because I think it's just so easy, uh, you know, in any industry um, to self-sabotage yourself without realizing it. Um, so I read kind of more books on mindset and money and uh, business than I do anything else. Um, mm-hmm. And I really try to listen to my intuition when I'm working on things. So, you know, I really, I kind of run my business from a place of one, my intuition and two, experimentation. Um, and then if you do that, you know, especially for the experimentation piece, you can never really fail because everything is just like something to try. So those are some some of the pieces kind of like that I think about when I, as kind of growing this business throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Then what do you say to people who say they can't draw? Yeah, uh, well, of course, I just was like, no, you can, you can. It's really not that hard. Um, <laughs> You know, I uh, oftentimes, uh, if I just can get a couple of minutes with people and I can show them a few things, they're, 
like I can show them how to draw in like five minutes, like because it's not about drawing a masterpiece. And, you know, we really have to define, like redefine what art is. And art is something often that we go and appreciate, we go and look at, and we, you know, we take in. Um, and we really need to redefine what drawing is. So drawing can be your best thinking tool. You can use it and sketchnoting or doodling to help yourself think, to help yourself learn and engage with that information. And it's not about creating a masterpiece. Sometimes I have to let clients know, depending on the situation I'm in, is like the, what I create actually might be a bit messy because it's not about creating the perfect picture. Um, it's about making sure that that process was held um, in respect and sometimes conversations are messy. So it just makes sense that the drawing is going to be messy. So even though I've been doing this for a long time now, you know, I still create things that aren't like a quote unquote beautiful picture. And I often show people my work when I first started because I wasn't, I'm not art, I'm not professionally trained as an artist. I've never even taken an art class in my life. And I really shied away telling people that in the beginning because I thought they wouldn't take me seriously because why would they hire the artist who's never taken an art class um, or doesn't have an art education or background? But, you know, I think once I get an opportunity to talk to people about my experience and show them some of my earlier work and where I am today, um, you know, you can see that, like, I didn't really know how to draw much either, and I've really stuck with this, and now I can create you know, what they say are works of art, but I still have a hard time calling them art because they're really, they, they serve a different purpose than what you might experience yeah. when you go to like an art gallery, for example. Yes, yes, fantastic. And then last question, how do you draw conference presentations? Yeah, I think I sort of spoke about that a little bit uh, on the, in the first question, but it's really about, like I said, the listening and the thinking are just as important as the drawing piece. So I'm really listening to what the presenter is saying. I'm listening for like little cues that I've kind of picked up over the year. Sometimes people will summarize themselves. Sometimes people will give it all away or they'll say something like, you know, if there's only one thing you remember, remember this. So I'm like, okay, I better write that down. Um, you know, so sometimes they'll give it to you, and then sometimes it's a little bit more nuanced. You kind of have to read between the lines a little bit. Um, but from my experience, like, you know, people who come up to me at a conference or they send me a chat in Zoom or something, they will, you know, say that I reflected what they experienced. And sometimes that experience is, maybe not as polished as a previous speaker, for example. And that's just the way it is. Um, so, yeah, every experience and every speaker or presenter or, you know, session that I'm in, is, is, it's unique in its own way, and every drawing that I do looks different. So I certainly have my own kind of artistic style now that I've developed over the years, but at the same time, everyone looks different because every, like, it's different information that ends up being different drawings. And I have a visual vocabulary in my mind and a visual language, so you can see it as, like, part of it is interpreting, too. So when they say something, even if it's, like, something a little bit more complicated, like collaboration or vision or things like that, I know how to draw those things already because I've drawn them in the past. 
So I think sometimes people will see my drawings and they'll be like, how did she do that? And I'm like, yeah, but I have like a, man, a language in my mind of things I've already drawn before or ways that I've connected information before with a drawing and I can lean on all my past experience. So for the first few years when I didn't have a very strong language in my mind, you know, I end up just drawing a lot of the same things over and over again. And that's okay too, because it's still serving the room and the information, but, you know, just over time building up that vocabulary language so that, you know, when someone says something, I don't hesitate. I know how to draw something. I have the muscle memory to be able to capture it right away. Well, this has been a fascinating interview. So I do want to thank you so very much for being here and, um, again, exposing and bringing in um, <laughs> it's kind of like this whole, whole new uh, profession in a way that no one's really heard of too much. So um, thank you so, so very much for being here. And then I'd like to ask you, what is your favorite coffee or hot beverage? Well, I made myself a maple latte this morning. So that that is a that's Great. one of my favorite, but my other top one is a London fog, so an Earl Grey tea latte. I'm a warm drink person, so can yes, talk about is. coffee all day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And then can you please uh let the um audience know what your email I mean, excuse me, your social media handles are. Yeah, I have a whole bunch of different ones, but um, probably the best place to go right now is um, I just launched a new online community and website called Sketchnote School. So if you literally go to www.sketchnote.school, you'll find everything um, you want to find about sketchnoting. I have a free weekly newsletter, and you can find all my socials on there. Probably the easiest place to go. Yeah. Okay, magnificent. All right, so this has been our one, our interview with Ashton Rottenheiser, creative entrepreneur and graphic recorder. Thank you so much again, and bye for now. Thank you. You're welcome. I gave one that was our fascinating, wonderful guest, and so. Um, let you know exactly how you would be able to contact her and um, I'm going to go to that website myself real quick I think it was Sketchnote let me see I think I found it right now Sketchnote right .co I think that's it. Okay, anyway, um, I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. I definitely found her and her profession to be absolutely fascinating and wonderful, and it was just mind-blowingly awesome. And so I hope that you feel the exact same way. And, um, you know, if you're looking for something to do out here because – you know, we're shifting so much into digital and uh, digital professions. Um, and I know I am actually in film school for animation at this time. Um, and uh, I have lots of animated material I did on my own and all that. So 
because I'm already a fine artist and all that, I really, really enjoy listening to other artists, what they do and their perspectives, because they are just, um, in my humble opinion, powerhouses. Just like our magnificent guest today, Ashton Roddenheiser. I don't know why I keep stumbling over her last name, but uh, it might be just a little too early for me. I didn't have any uh, coffee or anything like that. And then I, I get up to wake my husband up so he can go to work. But anyway, again, thank you for listening to Coffee Chat with Camille.com. I have one more guest coming on in about five hours. Okay, and uh, if you want to listen to this episode, it will be on my website, and that is coffeechatwithcamille.com, and all you have to do is search for Ashton's name and or the title of the show. Also, um, you can find me on Apple. Spotify. Apple is the largest streaming platform. Okay, so I'm definitely on Apple. Me and Spotify are trying to get all of my episodes on there, but nevertheless, um, I do have episodes on there as well. And just about any stream, wherever you stream music, you can find me. Okay, so right now we're doing really great with the listenership. Please leave comments. And if you can't leave them on the platform that you're listening to, all you can do is just go to um, coffeechatwithcamille.com <laughs> or Facebook. There, I'm Coffee Chat with Camille. And uh, all my social media is coffee, 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 right? So, and leave feedback, all right? But again, if you want to actually get uh, to me directly, just best to go to my website and contact me there. All right. If you're interested in being booked for the show, you have PR people, just have them contact me through my website. All right. I appreciate everyone. And I hope everyone's having a fabulous, fabulous week all over the world. I know we're going through a lot of climate changes and things. And so um, I keep all of you magnificent people out there in my heart and in my thoughts. Okay, so bye for now. Thank you for listening to Coffee Chat with Camille. I am your host, Camille.